Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, great to see you guys. How's everybody doing today? Everybody's alive, awake, and ready to blow stuff up, but not your fingers? Yeah, that's how we celebrate. Blow things up. Well, hey, great to see you guys. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Samuel, and honestly, um, Beck and I, it's just our honor and privilege to get to serve you guys here at Life West. It is so much fun and welcome. If I haven't met you, please come and say hi. I would love the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah, sit down, get to know you a little bit. That'd be a riot. But we just, we're in a series right now, and really, it's called Seed, Sower, and something else that starts with a yes, yeah, Soil. There we go. And what we're doing is we're looking at some of the parables that Jesus told in the Bible, and specifically just this one. Now, a parable in the Bible is simply a story with a meaning. And the Bible says that Jesus, when he taught, he told so many stories, he said he, he didn't teach anything without first telling a story. And it's really because stories stick, through, uh, stick to us, but facts go through us. We remember things so much better. So we're, we're looking at this parable, this story, and it's found in Matthew 13, and it says this. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was sowing, some seed fell along a path. The birds came to devour it. Some fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun rose, the seedlings were scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the seedlings. And still others fell on good soil and produced a harvest, a hundred, sixty, or thirtyfold. So Jesus tells this to everybody, but then a little bit later, he gets with his disciples, his small group, and they're like, what does that mean? Jesus had a small group. He says, what does that mean? And he explains it a little bit more, Matthew 13, verse 20. He says, the seed sown on the rocky ground is the one who hears the word, receives it with joy, but he has no root. He remains for only a season. And we talked about that in part one. We talked about roots. And we said two things, really, when it comes to roots. Number one is our experiences that we have. As we see God's faithfulness over and over, we see him move in our lives, and we're like, yep, I've got that. And then one of the, other, the others are this, and that's our relationships. It's the people that we surround ourselves with. But then he goes on, he says, they have no root, they remain only a season, and when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, it, they quickly fall away. Trouble we talked about last week, and I encouraged you that I was positive that trouble would come. That was the positive part of that whole message. Like, it's coming, but what we know is that we can flip it. That there's a good side to persecution when we see God's faithfulness come in, when we get a chance to walk through it and we see what happens. And this week, what I want to talk about specifically, is he says, when trouble or persecution comes, they fall away. They fall away because of trouble. They fall away because of persecution. Now, when I say persecution, like, we all, we all have our own thoughts of what, what, what we think. And I, I sent out a text uh, yesterday to a few people, and I was like, what do, you, what do you think of? I'm like, don't think long, don't think hard, quick answer. What do you think when I say persecution? And, and I got some fun. I got like answers like, oh, you're, you're beat down, or you're wrongly accused, you're treated poorly, um, martyrs. And, and depending on where you are in the world, it, it might look completely different. In Afghanistan right now, uh, we, we know what's going on over there, and that's people are dying for their faith. If, if the Taliban find a Bible in your house, they will haul you out and shoot you right then and there, and it's done. Uh, and whereas here, we don't have that. 
One of the things that we get to celebrate this weekend is the freedom that we have to come to gather like this, to, to have our Bibles and, and the freedoms to preach and, and, and to declare what God's doing in our lives. And it's something to be grateful and thankful for. So let's blow some stuff up tomorrow. Um, it, it is, but here's the, the truth of it is this, is persecution looks different everywhere, but it's happening all over the place. And really, here in America, it looks a lot different. And we're going to talk a lot about that because most of us, that's where we are. <laughs> and so as we're looking at this, we need to realize that persecution is, is really, it's going to come. But in the States, it's, it's not so black and white as, well, bow down to this idol or renounce your Lord or I'll kill you. That would be persecution, yes. But it's not quite like that. I've never had that happen to me. Not here. I haven't. Instead, what we find here is that as believers, we are on the outside. We're on the outside. We're in the world, but we're not of it. John 17 says this in verse 14. I have given them, and this is Jesus talking. He says, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them. Jesus is talking he says, I've given them, he's talking about you and I, your word, and the world has hated them, for they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. When you think about Jesus and what he did when he came and he walked as a man, he was not of this world. And you're like, definitely not. And then he says, look what he says about you and me. He says, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth of your word. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So we, we don't just get to build a compound, buy some guns and some dried food. Like, that sounds fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. But that's not it. He says, I send you into the world. That we're different than the world, but we don't withdraw from the world. We're in the world to change the world. We look at what Jesus did, and he says, as much as I am, they are. You sent me, so I now send them the way that you sent me. That's you and me. We're sent into this world, and we're going to be on the out because we're not of the world, but we're sent into it. Now, one of the hardest things to do is to go against the flow. It's to go against the flow. You and I are, it is built into us. And I know you're like, well, not for me. It's just super easy. I don't do anything that everybody else does. Hold on, I'll get to you too. <laughs> it just, it's, it's built into us that we want to do what everyone else is doing. We see it in styles. And we can look back at some of your pictures when you were younger <laughs> And the haircuts that you wanted and the clothes you wore, and we can point and laugh. But it was normal at the time. It, it, it's, it's, and, and you look and, and you're like, why? Why did I do that? Why did I wear that? What was the appeal to that? Well, I can tell you it's what everybody else is doing. But you and I need to be and realize that we're different. And as a result of that, we're going to stand out. 
It's not easy to go against the flow. It's one of the hardest things that we do. I was in a, a race several years ago. Beck and I were in a race, and, and, and we get these maps, and they're called adventure races, and you have to kind of figure out where you're going to go. They tell you where you need to go, basically, but not how to get there. Like, you have to find your way through the woods and all this stuff, and, and we were over here in the Bass Recreation area, and we're getting ready to take off, and I'm looking at the map, and I'm looking at, and we're with just a group of people, probably about the size of this right here, maybe 60, 70 people, we're about like this, and we're all getting ready to go, and everybody's looking this way. And I'm looking at the map as we're getting ready, and I'm like, babe, because we, we're doing this race together, I'm like, come here. So we kind of move from the crowd, and I'm like, we're going to go this way. And she goes, are you sure? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And she goes, everybody else is going that way. And I'm like, yep, we need to go this way. And she's like, okay, are you sure? <laughs> and then I'm like, well, hold on. And then so I'm like, yep, let's do it. And I'm just like, Mr. Confident, yes, yes, I know, I know, let's go this way. So we take off, and sure enough, everybody else goes this way. And we go just a few degrees off. We go off this way. And as I'm going, and I'm seeing that, like, everyone, we're the only ones going this way. I'm like, am I wrong? Like, am I? I hope I'm not. I'm like, we're gonna... And then it turned into a dance, apparently. I don't know. But, but we just were running off that way. It's not easy. We want to go where everybody else is going. It's hard to fight it. But understand this, we're going to be different. And, and the persecution that most you and I are going to feel is being on the out. It's being on the out. It's inconvenient to be a Christian in America today. It's inconvenient. The school system that I send, can send my kids to, doesn't teach them all the things that I want them to learn. It teaches them things I don't want them to learn. And you want to know what I have to do? If I'm going to send, I got to pray about what to do. And if I decide, okay, I need to send them, then as a parent, what do I have to do? I got to be involved 10 times more than anybody else. It's like, yes, you need to learn this and that's correct, but here your teachers are wrong and they're lying to you. It's, it, this isn't true. That's indoctrination. There is male. There is female. That, that's wrong. That's incorrect. And no, you're not going to be a part of this, and I've got to pull you out of this class and move you over here. Well, nobody else is doing it. It's inconvenient. You've got to be, as a parent, more involved than anybody else. It's inconvenient. Because culture is flowing in a direction that's contrary to what God has for you and for me. We're meant to be and we are different. As Christians, we claim an identity that is different than the identity of the world around us. We are different. We claim an identity that's different. And we're going to stand out, and it's going to be different. And as a result, it's going to be, and I want you to know this, it's going to be inconvenient. Now, there may someday be persecution where it's like, hey, we're... You don't do this right, and we'll take your kids, and we're going to do this. But right now, it's not that way here. What it is, is it's inconvenience. It's harder. It's like, i gotta, I got to do some things a little different. What do I mean? Um, for instance, Apple. Apple business. You know, the church is getting ready to buy some computers, and like, we'd like to buy some computers. And they're like, sir, do you know about our business plan? It's cheaper if you buy it through that. I'm like, sweet, I like cheap. 
I'm all about cheap. I love cheap. I'm like, get me some cheap, absolutely. He's like, okay, go ahead and do this, and all you got to do is agree to this. I'm looking over this contract, and one of the things that it says in there is you will not discriminate in hiring, and included in that is some sexual preference and gender and LGBTSDRC stuff here, and I'm like, no. I'm like, I, I don't want, I want the discount. So he said, well, you have to agree to that. I'm like, no, I'm, 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 I'm not going to agree to that. And they're like, okay, well, you can just pay a little more. I'm like, well, okay, I'll pay a little more. It's inconvenient. But the world is set up to run a certain way, and you and I are on the outside of it. And there's going to be some persecution. You might decide that you're not going to make a cake, and it might cost you your business. It might not. It's inconvenient. Your business, you might not take a contract because you're like, I know what that company does, and I'm not comfortable supporting that. So you might, it would be incredibly lucrative, but you're like, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to be involved in it. It's inconvenient. And you're like, because of my beliefs, you're like, I, maybe I partake in some investments and there's others that I won't because I don't know what that money's going for and I don't want to be a part of it. It's inconvenient. We're in the world, but we're not of it. I'm part of the kingdom. Just as much as Jesus came, think about this. Just as much as Jesus came on a mission with a mission, you and I are on and with a mission in this world to reach the world, not to partake of it. We are a part because we're here. He said this, he says, don't take them out of the world, I send them into it. We're meant and we're sent into the world, but it's going to be different and we're not going to just be able to go with the flow and there's times where it will cost us. It will be different where social media doesn't like what we say, so we get kicked off, unplatformed, or just downgraded. It just gets changed. There was a, a news program about a year and a half ago that I was listening to and um, just, just enjoying. It was just, just news. It wasn't really a Christian thing. It was just news. But what they were saying wasn't really mainstream. And, and they were on YouTube for a while, and they got kicked off. And they're like, you know, we kind of thought this would happen. Um, they go... But something that we did not expect was when we left mainstream, when we left YouTube, they said we, we've, they had their own platform. It came up shortly thereafter. But when they were on YouTube, they had about 13,000 subscribers and a video that got, you know, 30 to, to 50,000 watches was, was really a good video for them. He goes, but the first day after we had been kicked off, he goes, you guys, we weren't sure how many we would lose if people would be able to find us. He said, but the first day you guys found us, 150 plus thousand. And he's like, we had suspected for a while that YouTube wasn't reporting correctly how our, our viewership. They're like the calls and the, and, and the responses we were getting, it was just, it, was just it, it could not be what we were seeing on YouTube. It was downgraded, and that was something that just didn't agree with, with mainstream. That wasn't anything to do with God or the Bible. It might cost you something to live as a Christian. It might cost you a relationship because you're like, I believe what the Bible says, which is sex is amazing, but it's meant for marriage. Between one man and one woman for life, have fun, play together when you're married. And so you tell your boyfriend, you tell your girlfriend that, and they're like, well, nobody else does that. 
it's just a piece of paper. And you're like, no, it's a covenant before God. I'm not doing it. It might cost you a relationship. You might not get invited to parties. I know all about that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> high school, college, I got invited to like nothing. I was one party I got invited to, and I found out they were going to do something like, uh, not, even, not even drugs, but something just stupid. And I'm like, we were an hour and a half away from the city, and we were on our way to go to this camping trip. And I'm like, I am not going to do that. And the guy that I was riding with is like, are you serious? Are you going to be a wet blanket? I'm like, absolutely. That's stupid. I'm not doing it. I do stupid things sober. I don't need to do anything that would mess with that. Like, I only lived through it. And he's like, are you going to make me turn around? I'm like, unless you want the wet blanket. So he turned around, drove all the way back. I, I, oh, I know what that's like. It might be a little bit different. But persecution is something that you and I should really just kind of anticipate. We should kind of just get used to it. Matthew 5, verse 43. You've heard the law say that it says, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's a little different than the world. The world is like tit for tat, and if they do that to you, you do it back. But we live, we live differently. The world says, get all you can and can all you get. And God's like, oh, no, no. We do this differently. Give, and it will be given to you. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's different. We live, and we're meant to be different. It's going to be different. The world has a flow, and you and I are going to be contrary to it. It's not going to be the same. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. I love those songs that we were singing, that, that God, we are anchored in you. That that's where we go. We do things differently. Luke 6, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you, and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man, because of your relationship with God, because of who you follow and where you're anchored. Absolutely. It's going to... It's going to cost you. Expect it to cost you something. It might not so far, and maybe you've got stories of not getting invited. Maybe it's stories of not getting contracts. When I, when I worked construction, um, just, just kind of typically the first guy there gets to set the radio station for the day, and then you're kind of stuck listening to it. And I don't mind getting up early. So, like, if I could, I'm like, I'm going to get there first, and I am setting the radio station. And so I would get there, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd turn on the radio station, radio station, and it was either classic, like up, up here in Michigan, when I was in Michigan, it was either classic radio, because that was, that was okay, or um, it was 89.9, like this Way FM, and I would put that on. And oh my goodness, when other guys would come to the job site, and they're like, oh, preacher beat us here. Oh, man, preacher beat us here. We're gonna, are we going to listen to this all day? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm not even leaving for lunch, so you can't change the station when I'm gone. <laughs> and I'm not listening. Because they would listen to just some, oh, I would hate it. And sometimes I'm like, I think they're just picking on me. Like, just pick the raunchiest stuff that they could find to play. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Your, your talk is bad enough. Like, really? Okay. Okay. But it... It's going to be different. 
We're meant to be different, but understand this, it, it might cost you. God does not lead us, and here's what I want to make sure that you understand, is God does not lead us through the path of least resistance. It might cost you to stand for your principles and be inconvenienced and like, yeah, but what are we going to do about this and how are we going to do this? And Well, my company just decided, and, and we, we have so much corporate activism, and my company just decided that this is what they're going to push, and are you still going to work there? Well, you pray about it. We're in the world, but you are on a mission to be a light and to change this world and to not just be taken and go with the flow. One of those same races, I think it was the exact same race, we were in some canoes. And we weren't in the front. There was a few teams ahead of us, and we jump. Um, we get the canoes on the shore, and we just take off. And we see teams in front of us, and when you see people in front of you, everything in me is like, just got to pass them, like, let's go. So we're, it wasn't dancing, this is me paddling, in case you were wondering. <laughs> so I'm paddling the boat, and we're going, and Becca's in the front, and we're just cruising along this thing. And as we're going, I'm like, I think think we're going the wrong way. We're catching up with the team in front of us, but I'm like, I don't know about this. There's only a few teams ahead of us. So I get out the map and I'm like, and Beck's like, are you going to paddle? I'm like, hold on. So I'm doing this thing and I'm turning the map back and forth and I'm like, yep, it's this way. I'm like, we're going the wrong way. We need to go this way. And I'm like, there's teams ahead of us, and we're getting closer to them. We're in this little race. We're doing our thing, and everything, it just didn't feel right. Something about it was wrong. We looked at the map, so sure enough, I'm like, let's go this other way. So we did. We turned, and so we just start taking off. And here we are all alone going across this lake again. And there's a few teams behind us, and we see them all kind of going sideways and getting blown in the wind because now they're getting their maps out, and some of them are still going this way, and some of them are coming this way. And about halfway there, somebody gets to the other side, realizes it's wrong, and they're coming over. And I'm like, I am the man. Yes. <laughs> Navigation, GPS, I am it. I'm feeling so good. We went the right way. But we went to the map. And let me just tell you, over and over, what we need to be doing is we need to go and we need to go to the map. It's God's word. And we need to look at what it has to say. And we need to have that in us more and more. So that as we're going, we're like, you know what? This just doesn't feel right. What I'm being taught, what I'm hearing, what's happening, what this company is doing, it just doesn't feel right. I, I, I need, and we go to God's word. We go to God's word and we look and we're like, you know what? Yep, this, is, this, this isn't okay. And we pray and we're like, all right, this is what we're going. But the thing that we go to is we go to God's word. And the other thing is this, is as we're talking about persecution right now, I think it's really easy to be like, huh, yeah, you know, it can be a little bit inconvenient. But something that we saw in 2020 was this, is how quickly a society, or our, our society as a group, can turn on a group or just, just switch directions and decide what they're going to hate or not like an attack. And let me just tell you this, in times like this, which really are good, which are great times. Again, we have a lot to celebrate the freedoms that we have. Let me encourage you this, is get around some people and have relationships, have friends, have a base that can help you 
that can support you. Man, something that you, a small group, something like a small group would be great. But here's what I mean is, is have some relationships and have some people because when you're all alone and you begin to go against the flow, you will never feel more alone than you do right then and there. Whenever it is, why are you walking away from this great job? And you're like, what the company is doing, I can't stand for anymore. And people are going to come around you and they're going to be like, that's stupid. Why would you leave? That's how you provide for your family. Why would you leave? And you're like, I can't. This is, this is the statements that they've made and this is what they're doing with the energy that I give them. I can no longer be a part of that. I don't, I don't want that. I can't do that anymore. You, you need people that can come around you and are like, no, you're standing for what you believe in. What's the, what's the next plan but that can encourage and be like, yes, you're right. This is good. This is what we're meant to do. We're meant to be a light. Yes, absolutely. We're meant to be a light. But the world, the world is not our friend. We are in it, but not of it. And as much as Jesus, I know I've said this before, but as much as Jesus was on a mission and we look at what he did and the way he lived, you and I are meant to be the same. That we are in, but not of it. It might cost you. It might cost you to be a Christian. We, have, we live in a very interesting world where we have thought police. That's what hate crime is. We already have laws against things, but then we want something extra, so we label it a hate crime to do something that we already can't do anyways. And then what is hate? I mean, hate is wrong, and we shouldn't hate. Absolutely. 1 John 3.15, anyone who hates is another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. I mean, the Bible talks about hate and says don't have it. But at the same time, we have thought laws, laws against thoughts in America. And then who are the ones that are deciding what it is that we're thinking? It's the same ones who can't tell you what a woman is. That's scary. That, that, that's a little bit scary. So the time may come where they're like, well, you, it's not okay to declare and to speak God's word anymore. Well, I'm not going to stop. Come visit me in jail. We're going to do it. But understand this. We, we need to realize that it's, we're, we are in the world, but not of it. We're in it, but not of it. I like what it says in Luke 6, 24. Woe to you when everyone speaks evil of you. For that is how, that's how their ancestors treated the false prophets. The false prophets were the ones that bent, and the Bible says that they told the people what their itching ears wanted to hear. Instead of standing for truth, we need to be more grounded than we have ever been before in God's word knowing what it is. We need to be surrounded by a group of like-minded people who are like, yes, we know what this is. That we stand up and we're like, yep, this is how we're going to do it and this is what God's word says and, and this is what I'm going to do. I think I've told this story before. I was on a um, jury and we're in this election process and one of the things that they asked all the jurors because apparently it was going to relate somehow to the case, to say, do you spank your children? And you're in, a, you're in a courtroom, and they're asking this group of people, do you spank your children? And instantly, it's like, is this a trick? 
Like, what's, what's going on? And I'm like, I do. I'm like, I used to bang my kids. And so I raise my hand, and I look around, and I'm in this box with, like, I think there's nine or ten of us, and nobody else raises their hand. And, and the guy, um, one of the lawyers is like, it is okay. In fact, the judge is like, by the way, it is okay to spank your kids. And he kind of goes into a little bit of the law around it. And that there's propriety. he's like, and then other hands go up. And they're like, yeah, 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 we all do. Okay, yep, we do. But there's this, it, am, am, am I okay with this? And what is somebody going to think about this? It, it, it might cost us something, but we are going to know. Here's what we have to know is we need to know God's word, we need to stand on it more than ever before, know what it is, and have people around us that are like, okay, we're here to help. Absolutely, it's going to be different. Um, airplanes, and when you meet people, and, and I don't know what it is for you girls, but guys, we ask each other, what do you do? What do you do? Um, and I love just being like, well, I'm a pastor. And, and I love the faces that I get. Uh, it, it's a riot. Some of them are like, oh. And others are like, oh, well, where? And, oh, what? And it's just like, let's just get that out there right away and let's see what happens. And sometimes people will go from, you know, uh, from, from some fun language to some, some cleaner language when, <laughs> when they hear that. And I'm like, oh. And some people, it's the other way around where they try to, like, rub you the wrong way and the clean language gets a lot dirtier. And you're like, oh, really? And, but people are going to find out some way or another. And I hope it's because of the way that you live. I mean, you've heard it said before, share the gospel always and when necessary, use words. I hope it is that people do, that they notice the way that you live, that it's different, that you're filled with the joy of the Lord, and that when the world does crazy things, that you're solid, that you know where you're going to run, that you have hope, that you have peace, that they see the way that you treat your spouse and your family, and they look and they realize it's different. And I hope... That what's happening as a result is that you're able to witness, you're able to show them God's love and bring them closer. But if persecution comes, let it. If persecution comes, that doesn't mean that you need to change what you're doing. If you're standing on God's word, you just stand firmer than you ever have before. And all this talk of persecution and bad things, like, like is it worth it? I like what it says in Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. He looked at everything he had, and he's like, what I found is so much better. I think he's saying, because that's what I do, and I'm really happy. I think he's saying it, and he's like, oh, yeah. So with joy, he sold everything that he'd worked for, Everything that he had toiled for, all of his blood and sweat, he sold all of it, the Bible says, because what he found was so much better. And that's what we have in Jesus. What we found is so much better. I'll give it all up. He sold it with joy, and that's a relationship with God. That's knowing I'm forgiven and set free. That's what we have in him. So is it worth it? Yes. Right now, persecution, what we go through mostly here, it's inconvenience. It's being on the out of some things. But if the tides were to ever turn, I want you to be ready. 
I want you to be rock solid and know exactly where you stand with God. I want you to say, it's worth it. If I have to sell it all just for my salvation, if I just say it, get rid of all of it, I'll do it. That you're surrounded with people who can build and hold you up. As you make decisions, as you seek God, as you're hearing his voice and consulting the scripture and, and getting around people that are helping you to put God first in your life in every area, that you're not just getting people who are helping you to be accountable and not just get swept away with what everybody else is doing because, man, is it easy. But you're looking at where you're spending your time and money and resources and you're looking at the impact that it has on the kingdom of God and what can I do more? Because Jesus is coming back. And then time's going to be up. And it's, it's okay to have fun. Please enjoy it. God made all of it. And he made it for our enjoyment. But let's leverage the time, the position, the places, the energy that we have to build the kingdom of God. It's worth it to know I'm forgiven and set free. I'm on my way to heaven. And I have a relationship with him that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Leaving is to be separate. Forsake is to just turn back away from. He doesn't do either. And all we have to do is cry out to him. If you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, he would love to have a relationship with you. You can be forgiven. You can be set free. And it begins with just saying, God, I'm yours. I believe you died on the cross and rose again for me. I want you to forgive me and make me new, and he will. You see, you've got this body, but the real you is a spirit on the inside, breathed there by God. And when we surrender to him, that becomes new on the inside. He gives us a peace that passes all understanding. Oh, it says it comes to the knowledge of him. And we walk in that. And from one day to the next, one minute to the next, we're in the world, and the next, we're in it, but not of it. We've been made new on the inside. We surrender to him. He speaks with us, walks with us, talks with us, and wants to direct us. He's given us his word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We know where we're going, and we know whose we are. If you've never made that decision, I'd love the honor of praying with you. But everybody, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here, today's your day. Don't wait a minute longer. In just a few minutes, a few seconds, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I want you to shoot your hand up. And when you do, you're saying, I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. I want to be made new. And I want to be his. If that's you, get ready. You're gonna, we're going to pray right in your seat. When we say amen, you're going to know your sins are forgiven and begin to walk out a relationship with him. One, get ready. Two, three. Right now, shoot it up high all the way and say, today's my day. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? All right, let's go ahead, and here's what I want us to do. Everyone, let's all pray with those that lifted their hands. Pray this out loud. Just repeat after me, whether you're in this room, online, if you're saying this, and you raised your hand as you say these words, make them your own. Say them from your heart. Let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. I believe you died. You shed your blood for me. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. 
Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.